You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Nice Erev Thanksgiving, Erev Hanukkah morning. Um, do a little bit of learning for uh, those who haven't uh, started to beat the holiday traffic. Um, so we're uh, um, uh, looking through the mitzvot of the Torah and, uh, and trying to uh, discern the rationale for, uh, for, the, for the commandments. And we've been going through um, the Ten Commandments um, in particular recently um, and uh, uh, highlighting each one of them and talking about what might be the reason for, uh, for, for having been uh, given uh, uh, each of these commandments. Um, and uh, we're using still um, as our jumping off point for the conversation about what the, what's the point of these commandments is uh, the Sefer Achinuch, which is a, a, a 13th century work of, uh, of, of halacha that also gets into questions of what, what's the rationale for the commandments. We've done the first uh, three commandments, um, uh, the third commandment having several mitzvot actually contained within it, which is why the term Ten Commandments is really a misnomer, at least in the, in the Jewish conception of things, because there's not really ten of them. There's, there's, a, there's a block of ten utterances, um, depending on how you count them, uh, but each of those ten utterances have a number of different commandments within them, right? So the third commandment actually has several, which was the commandments about idolatry, but it has a commandment about not to make idols and not to worship idols and not to bow down to idols. And so those are different commandments. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, the, the next, the, the fifth commandment, which is uh, the commandment of Shabbat, has, you know, tens of commandments uh, uh, within it. Um, and so the commandment we're going to look at now is uh, is is the fourth. Lo tisa et shem Adonai Elohecha l'shav. Do not uh, uh, swear falsely by the name of the Lord your God. Ki lo Adonai et asher yisa et shemo l'shav. Because God will not clear one who uh, uh, swears falsely by his name. Yisa et Shemo Lashav, more literally, is lifts up God's name for a vain purpose, for a null purpose. Um, so this is actually probably one of the most, maybe the most misunderstood of the Ten Commandments, because usually it gets, um, it, it gets uh, characterized in one of two ways. Uh, one is, don't lie. Um, and, and it may have relationships to a, a, to a sort of blanket commandment of not lying, but it's talking about something specific here, um, which is uttering God's name for a vain purpose, for a null purpose. Um, so it's, so if it is about lying, um, it's about a specific kind of lie that involves the use of God's name. So that's one. The second way it gets used is um, like cursing, like uh, like swear words. Um, so I, I um, uh, so I think that that it sort of extends from the the direct connection to this is um, 
saying God's name uh, in a way that uh, um, that is profane. Um, so saying, um, uh, well, just because this is, I'm saying it l'shem chinuch here for the sake of education. Saying God damn it, right, or something like that. I think it comes from there, and then it, you know, the, the transitive property is well, that's a swear word, right? So then that's where the term swear word comes in, after all, right? That's a swear word, and uh, so then you know other uh, uh, words that are taboo get lumped in with that. Um, and I remember I grew when I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I grew up in uh, um, with very devout Christian neighbors. And I would like go over, and uh, um, and I remember even when I was like five or six years old, I must have heard it at home. So you know, so I'd like you know trip and say "God damn it" or or "Jesus Christ" or something like that. And uh, and my you know my 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 Christian neighbor Justin would say uh, say "Oh, you took the Lord's name in vain," right? Um, so um, so I, I I do think that you know so those are those are related pieces of uh, of of this commandment, but uh, but but. Um, in in the Jewish sense, what it's what it's really talking about um, first is the um, using the Lord's name in vain means um, saying God's name when you have no business, when you have no purpose in saying God's name. So examples of that are making a blessing over something um, that you aren't supposed to be saying a blessing over. Um, uh, uh, you know, the, a common example of that is Shehechianu, um, the uh, which has very specific contexts in which we're supposed to say the blessing Shehechianu according to Jewish law, um, and um, and we are it, it's it's sort of counterintuitive in our, in our time to say like oh you know we're, we're being being religious is about making blessings and about bringing God into your life. So the more blessings you make, the more religious you are. Um, and in fact, in some ways, it's not really true. Um, the, uh, the the way the rabbis understand it is that um, that that refraining from saying a blessing in a, in a moment of doubt of whether you should or shouldn't say the blessing um, is is a is a higher religious value because you are um, avoiding an instance of potentially um, saying God. God's name in vain, and the, there's a hierarchy of these values in Jewish law. So, um, blessings are um, are a category with, that's called derabanan, a rabbinic enactment. Um, it's the the rabbis uh, um, uh, instituted the, the the notion of of blessings, but this is what's called deoraita, a, a, a Torah commandment, which has a higher value. So, if you're weighing those two things out, you always uh, give preference to uh, to upholding or not violating the Torah commandment than fulfilling a rabbinic commandment. Um, so that's a case of that where where we're not supposed to say God's name for no purpose. Um, you know, the, what's that? Exactly. That's that's a, a bracha levatala, a, a blessing for null purpose, right, or for void purpose. Um, um, which is also why. Um, uh, you know, people tend to um, use the the substitute for God's name, Hashem, or uh, something like that, um, instead of uh, of saying God's name when there's no um, specific purpose for saying God's name. So, if you're you know studying Torah or something like that, you would substitute the um, the the proper name of God for um, Hashem or or Yah or or some other kind of thing. Um, so those are examples of that, uh, but then there is um, 
something that's a little bit more archaic, and this may go to uh, the the uh, interpretation of don't um, uh, don't lie is uh, how some people often interpret this commandment, and that is um, don't um, uh, invoke God's name in a vow that um, is impossible to fulfill, or that you won't fulfill, or that you don't end up fulfilling, right? Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the issue of vows um, that are raised in the Torah are, um, are, are very interesting, but uh, um, there were, there were um, uh, instances in which you would make a promise um, uh, either to do something or refrain from doing something um, that you were then um, obligated to uphold as if it were a commandment from the Torah itself. Um, and you would do that by invoking uh, God's name. Uh, and, so, uh, and so the rabbis interpret this commandment to mean that, uh, that, you, shouldn't, that you shouldn't do it. Right? If, you make a, if you make a vow, you need to fulfill it. Right? And you can't make vows that are impossible to fulfill. Right, so you can't say, you know, like, um, every, you know, all the, all the fruit in the world will be forbidden to me, um, uh, if, um, if I, you know, fly into heaven, right? Um, and that's obviously impossible to fulfill, so that would be, uh, invoking God's name for, uh, for a vain purpose, for a null purpose. Okay, so those are some of the instances in which this, uh, um, uh, commandment, uh, um, applies, but it's really, I mean, it's, it seems, in a way, somewhat trivial, right? What's the problem with taking the Lord's name in vain, right? With, uh, with uttering God's name for no business. Um, it seems sort of trivial. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I wasn't there for this, but, uh, but I listened to it on, on podcast. Um, my, uh, my, two of my rabbis belong to the same shul. One is the rabbi of the shul, and one is the congregant. Uh, and um, and Erev Shavuot, the eve of Shavuot, there was a learning session, and they did a session on the, on the Ten Commandments. And someone asked Rabbi Sharon Brous, who's the rabbi of the shul, he asked uh, the question, um, which of the Ten Commandments do you think you could eliminate? Right? Which is the least important of the Ten Commandments? It's an interesting question. It is an interesting question, right? So it would be interesting <coughs> to hear your response. So her response... Um, ultimately, uh, I think she tried to hedge for a little bit, but ultimately was this one, right? Uh, I would take out, don't take the, don't take God's name in vain, right? All the other commandments are, you know, either have, you know, real moral urgency, don't murder, right? Or are foundational for Jewish belief, right? Uh, you got to believe in God, right? That sort of thing. So she said this one, and, and, uh, um, and my, uh, my other rabbi, Brad Artson, um, uh, was, you know, um, sort of sitting in the back, shaking his head during her answer, um, and so then, uh, uh, so then, uh, uh, people noticed that, uh, and then he was giving the Devar Torah the next day. Um, so he decided to give his Devar Torah on a rousing defense of this yeah. commandment. Um, uh, and and it's you know it's what's interesting about it is that the the Torah itself. Um, emphasizes the importance of the commandment, right? It says, Ki lo Adonai et asher yisa et God, God takes this so seriously that God will never forgive a person who, for, who takes God's name in, in vain. Now, you might say that the Torah is um, already um, uh, 
defending against, uh, um, I think, a natural impulse to say, what's the big deal with taking God's name in vain? So it says, know that it's a big deal, right? It wouldn't need to say, you know, it doesn't say for don't kill somebody, God's not going to forgive you. That's clear, right? Um, But here, it's not so clear, so it has to go out of its way to say, God's not going to forgive you for doing this. Um, But Nevertheless, it does say that it's so important, right, that God, right, this, this value in, in itself is something that God doesn't forgive. So the Torah has a, has a sense that this is really crucial. So, so um, it, I think, invites the question of what's the big deal of uh, well, God's name. You know, you've discussed this in a very broad way, in the more narrow way of giving a sworn statement under oath. And until very recently, the name of God was always part of that oath. Uh, it's been given great importance in our society mm-hmm. because to swear falsely when you give that oath, you know, there are serious penalties uh, in our civil and criminal society that flow from giving a false statement, mm-hmm. that we really do value a statement given uh, with God's name as part of it. Yeah, but why... I mean, as a society, we've adopted that approach. Yeah, but what does God's name have to do with it? I, I think it flows from this commandment, whether uh, whether we would admit it all the time, because we do allow swear or affirm today. Well, right. So, the, right, the, the right, the value comes from the command. In other words, the the presumption is that uh, that a God fearing person, right, right will that uh, right. right will not will not invoke God's name, right, right uh, and then um, and then and then do so. Uh, um, and then break the oath that uh, that 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 he uttered, right? So it's, uh, um, but I don't think that necessarily this law was intended to to uh, um, to. Um, well, I'm saying it's a much more narrow interpretation yeah. of it than what you've described. Yeah, right. So, this but is- but I don't think that's just a Christian belief. I think we as Jews have accepted the same approach that if you give that sworn statement under oath. We really value it. Yeah. So, what's, but what's interesting about Jewish jur- jurisprudence in the Jewish system, we don't make oaths like that um, in in uh, criminal cases. The oaths that a per- the oath the, the, the person doesn't actually make a technical oath in a criminal case. The they're they're um, they're adjured by the judges, right? Uh, it, they um, that's the we talked about that Mishnah last time. Right? How are witnesses? Warned in capital cases, right? So they're not—they're not—they don't make a, a an oath um, a promising um, with God's name that what they're saying is true. They're scared to death by the judges in order to produce a true statement, right? Um, maybe because they don't want to get into a situation where they would put put someone in a place where they would violate. Right? In other words, in some ways, you could read that as saying that um, that the rabbis saw this as more important than the possibility of uh, falsely executing somebody, right? Because mm-hmm. they, cause they, they could have done an oath system like that uh, in, in rabbinic jurisprudence, but they didn't do it. Um, so that's an interesting thing. I never really thought about that. Uh, well, God's name is God, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, disrespectful and uh, very onerous to... You know, swear by uh, by God's name, which represents God, because you're you're disrespecting God. Okay, so th- there are two pieces of that, right? One is um, uh, that the, the possibility that God's name 
becomes associated with some kind of falsehood, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, um, so, in other words, you know, you uh, the, the more people make oaths that they that they break or that are impossible, whatever, uh, in using God's name. Um, it, uh, it, 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 it links God's name to, uh, to, to falsehood and, um, and it, and it reflects a, uh, a, a, a lack of, um, reverence for, uh, for, for God, right? Because you say, you know, all, I could say God's name all I want, right? And I could make all the, uh, all the nonsense vows that I could make while making well and nothing bad will happen to me right I'll say Beetlejuice three times and Beetlejuice won't show up yeah right um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and so uh, and so it's 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 mitigating against uh, um, um, a sense that, that God's name that, that God's name and therefore God um, has no um, uh, uh, has no power right and also that that uh, um, that, that God is linked to uh, to to um, to falsehood and and, uh, and 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 lies and vanity. That's on one side, and the other side um, is um, um, you know, the, the the more um, <clears throat> the the more one invokes God's name, the more um, uh, uh, limited God becomes. The more the more power over God one has, in a sense, right? And and uh, um, um, and the other thing is is um, it's sort of like um, calling your parents by their first name. Right? It trivializes. It, yes, right. Yeah. It trivializes. So um, so I think that that's a, a piece of it too, right? That the that the more we utter God's proper name, um, the more familiar, the more trivial um, uh, uh, God becomes. Um, you know, God is just Frank, right? Um, uh, which is which is why you know not only are we taught not to uh, uh, take God's name in vain, but even more than that, we are taught that God really has no name, right? Or at least God has a name that can't be uttered, right? That's what that's the the if you've heard the term ineffable, God's name is ineffable, uh, which which means that uh, it's it's unable to be pronounced. We can't pronounce God's name. Um, and one of the great lines that uh, uh, Rabbi Artzen made in that Devar Torah, which he said in another Devar Torah another time was, um, God's name is ineffable, don't try to F it. Right? Um, right? And I love that right? because the, the more you try to F it, the more trivial it becomes. So that, those are you know, some... But that, that's an interesting point and what name are we talking about here? God has lots of names in the Torah, yeah. mostly descriptors. Yeah. Uh, this so-called ineffable name that we can't even say, if that's what this is talking about, then we really don't violate it. You know, it's interesting because the, yeah. the rabbis certainly don't interpret it that way. Right. So, so what's 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 amazing about Judaism is that is that is that so there's so much. Um, we think that this is such a trivial value, but so much in Judaism is a is, is about protecting uh, God's name. So not only right. do we never really say God's ineffable name because we don't know how to, although scholars think it's probably something close to Yahweh or something like that, but we don't know how to. And so the rabbis say, well, because we don't know how to pronounce it or how to read it, we'll substitute it for Adonai, right, which means my Lord. 
Um, but even that, even the substitution, we're not supposed to say, say or except utter, in a prayer situation. except for in a prayer situation. So instead of instead of Adonai, we say Hashem, which means the name, right? Meaning the name that we don't know how to pronounce, right? Uh, like Voldemort, right? Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, he who must not be named. So. Um, that's that's an amazing thing when you think about it, and 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 all the more so, right? That uh, that we're not supposed to write God's name, right? Uh, and and it's even more than just the name Yud Hey Vav Hey or um, Adonai, but some of the other names by which God, right? Elohim, El El Shaddai, right? All the other names by which God is known in the Torah or in rabbinics are also things that we're not supposed to um, utter or use, um, except in certain circumstances. And there are varying degrees of the circumstances in which we can use some of those names, which led Rabbi Artson to suggest, and I, and I tried this actually for a while, and I, it's something that I commend to you if you um, want to give it a whirl, um, is even in a prayer situation, try... Um, not saying Adonai. Try not uttering God's name, and instead, wherever you get to God's name, take a breath. Hmm. Take maybe, if you can, oh, a few deep that. breaths. Um, because the name yud heh vav Hey is actually supposed to be an expression of breath, right? It's all vowels, right? Which is um, as close as you can get in, in, in Hebrew to just breath sounds. That's God's name, um, which is, uh, uh, I think, a statement of saying that, that what God embodies is, um, is the totality, the fullness of life itself, which is why it can't be and shouldn't be um, um, crystallized in a particular name. It's why it trivializes it, because life is so much more than all that we can touch and taste and feel, right? And, and so the things that we can identify are the things that are, are observable and quantifiable. But God and life and reality is much more than what can be observed and what can be quantified. And so to say God's name, any version of God's name, is to minimize God in, in that way. So it, it, it'll change, your, it'll make your davening longer. But it will change your davening, I think, if you try that. So we have for, to start at 10 of 7. Yeah, that's, that's why I got to start at 10 of 7. Don't do it on a day where there's halal, right? Um, um, but it's a, an, an amazing thing. Um, and, and these are some of the points that, uh, that the Sefer Chinuch makes um, uh, in, in talking about the value here. So just, just, to, just um, so we say we, we studied a little bit of him. Um, at the root of the precept lies the aim that human beings should know and affirm in their minds and strengthen the faith in their hearts that there is no existence like that of God. Blessed is God, who is in heaven above, living and enduring forever. In other words, God is um, a, an, a, a, an indefinable existence, right? There is, there, there is no reality that we can identify or point to that is, that is like God. And therefore, God, defi- God defies all categorization and, uh, and identification, um, and that's really what names are. Names are, are a way of of, uh, of 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 crystallizing something in a cluster of, uh, of of values, right? I'm I'm Michael, and I am you know contained in this you know um, uh, body. And so when you think of Michael, you think of um, you know uh, six foot 
one, um, you know, beard glasses, um, you know, um, uh, uh, has a podcast, whatever, right? And but uh, but but there's nothing like God, and therefore, no name can fully express what God is. So it is fitting and required of us when we mention God's great name in connection with our actions and our words that we should mention God in awe and fear, quivering and trembling. Right? We should really hesitate to mention God's name. Not like mockers who speak of light, trivial matters, e.g. things which exist fleetingly and then are lost to oblivion, not enduring in their original state such as us human beings and other entities in this lowly world. Right? There are everything in this world you can identify by name, and, and that is more or less accurate. But God, it can never be accurate to, to identify God by name. It can only diminish God by identifying God by name. And it can only, therefore, um, make God more fleeting, more trivial, the more we express God's name. Therefore, it is fitting to set this matter firmly in our hearts and to have God's awe before us that we may find life and merit. Right? And that's what I love about this uh, um, uh, exercise that Rabbi Artson taught, because um, to really understand God, um, to, really, to really grab hold of God, is, um, um, is, is, to, uh, is to find life. Right? Um, and, and life exceeds definition and identity. Um, and that's why God's name is ineffable, and that's why God's name is breath. Right? Because God is um, about um, uh, taking hold of life. For this reason, God obligated us to observe this precept that we should not mention God's holy name in vain, purposelessly. And God set the punishment of whiplashes <laughs> for one who takes it lightly and transgresses it. Well, but, I mean, the commandment is saying don't take it in vain. It's not saying don't say God's name ever. Right. I mean, that comes from a different... Right, that's true, um, I, I, and I don't think that Rabbi Arzen is saying don't say God's name ever. I mean, there, I mean, there, it's certainly true that we don't really know how to say God's name, and so we don't really ever say God's name, like like you mentioned. Um, but there are instances in which it is appropriate to to say God's name. So you know, obviously, one is especially in a ritual context, or even I think in a study context when you're when. Uh, because the ritual of reading Torah is is an act of studying Torah, um, so that studying Torah is a time that is appropriate, I think, to 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 say God's name um, or our version of God's name, um, because um, because the Torah is about God um, and and uh, and uh, um, and and, uh, and brings God into our life. So it's I think fitting to use God's name there. Uh, saying a blessing over something when it's appropriate um, is appropriate, I think, to, to say God's name. You know, when I make a blessing over a piece of fruit, what I'm expressing there um, is that fruit, um, in a way, um, um, is God's, um, belongs to God, and in a certain sense is God. Um, um, and, uh, and so, uh, to, to transfer ownership from God to me in, in taking that fruit before I eat it, um, I think is an appropriate time to, um, to, to utter God's name. But, uh, but, but sort of casually, um, you know, in, in a way, derisively, um, or in a, in a context that's not appropriate to, to, to just say it's not a big deal to use God's name. That's, I think, what, what, what they're getting at here. Um. 
don't lie when you use God's name. Does that mean you can lie if you're not under oath? <laughs> well, no, I don't think you can lie um, uh, whether or you know with or without God's name. Um, it's just not this commandment. It right? certainly can't be used against you with the same weight in a judicial proceeding if you're not under oath. No, I, I mean I think that the the point of the, uh, the you the, the the point of the the, the point of the oath um, is the is, is basically was I think is meant to put the fear of God into the into the witness. Whether or not you take the oath, you can be um, you can be uh, um, indicted for perjury. Um, um, you know, uh, by taking the stand and making a false statement. But if you I take the stand, you're under oath by definition. That's right. So that's right. I, I, I understand. Think you do have to be under oath to be uh, accused of perjury. So, the, but the but the but it's the the oath itself is just an, is is uh, is a reminder to the witness that 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 before you you made this statement, um, um, we couldn't prosecute you for lying, and now we can prosecute you for lying. But it's also meant to be a deterrent, an oh, internal it, deterrent. It means a lot of things right. to a lot of different right. people. people. You know, you yeah. mentioned your Christian friends. People take this very seriously. Right. It's supposed to be an internal deterrent because a person doesn't want to uh, more than they don't want to be. Uh, um, prosecuted for perjury, they don't want to be someone who God never forgives for uh, making a false statement uh, um, of, by after invoking God's name. The, the The Torah, I think, makes it clear in a number of places we're, we're not we're not supposed to lie. Um, it's just not technically this commandment that commands that. Um, and there are instances in which the rabbis say that uh, that the blanket uh, prohibition. On, uh, on on making a false statement doesn't always hold true, right? Uh, um, uh, Shammai famously said that it's true, except you know um, you should tell a bride that she's beautiful on her wedding day, even if technically it's not true. Uh, th- there there are limits to our truth telling. Um, <laughs> all brides are beautiful. That's all brides are. Right. So beautiful. so I guess it's you know it's true in that sense. Right. Um, but uh, but but you know there, there are limits to the truth to truth telling in, insofar as. Um, human dignity outweighs um, the need to tell the truth sometimes, um, but um, uh, but anyway, it's not this commandment specifically that um, that's, that's what I was getting at. Before. Okay. Thinking about the name Hamakom, mm-hmm. which can be one of God's names, mm-hmm. and also can refer to other things, right? Yeah, the place, mm-hmm. a place, or a special place. Yeah, because. Uh, I mentioned before Addis Israel. So they have renovated the whole physical plant of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And they have developed a uh, whole program and a different way of thinking that their program and the use of the synagogue is Hamakom. So, but in all of all of the advertisement that they do, uh-huh. letting people know what's going on, uh-huh. it's addressed as Hamakom, and then underneath it in a teeny tiny little script, it says, of Addis Israel. Nice. Yeah. I, I like so, that. I mean, you know, it's, it's very pregnant with meaning, yeah. you know, um, which is why, you know, in the Torah, when the term Makom gets used... Um, you know, you don't really know what it's talking about, right? So, uh, so in Genesis, when uh, Jacob runs away from home, and it says Vayifgaba Makom, he like he ran into the place 
Um, and that's where he goes to sleep and has the dream of the the staircase, you know, with all the um, angels ascending and descending. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, that uh, um, that that a lot of, uh, especially the Hasidic interpreters say, when it says the Yifgab Makom, it means that he ran into God. Right. right? Yeah. Direct contact. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, you Thanks, mentioned, uh, you can show-